I need it. Yeah, you need this. I need this you need music. This? You know what? You're it's feeling better. Been, uh, it makes me immediately feel better. Yeah, you've had a week. It's been. I, we all have had a week, right? Uh, it's I like just a- been. You know, it's just been. Oh, and mm-hmm. then this is like ah. You know? Ah, yeah. I go, yeah. Oh, to, ah, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's back in town. I'm in town mm-hmm. for now. Just did a. We just did a orientation class today. Yeah, how'd it go? I saw there was a lot of people on there. Well, they were all on Zoom except for two people. Two people were in person. Everybody else was on Zoom. So, uh, and we did that to help people who couldn't get here because some people can't, a brand new baby and whatever. Um, and then others took advantage of it that you know, they probably could have come. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so Cal and Paige are two blocks away. They couldn't come? Nope. But maybe because they have a baby? Uh, that kid's like a year old. Yeah, he's too young. He's, he's got the, 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 the no, 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 no. If there wasn't childcare available here, no. yeah, no, then that's why. Oh, because they don't have family or friends that can watch a kid for a few hours. No, <laughs> no, those kids. Oh, are they? Oh, wow, yeah, they're the worst. Wow, oh, I've heard about them. They, they got they got a little too much of. Uh, yeah, too, I too much Cal. Not enough page. Mm, <gasps> we're gonna go the oh, other way on that they one. They got too much page. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. I, I could, I could see that. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know Paige real well, but it doesn't surprise yeah. me. We're just looking at her. Yeah, she looks like trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Cal is pretty chill. Cal's chill. Actually, those kids are really chill. Are they good? Yeah, they're cool. really chill. Yeah, no, it was fine. It was good, and uh, some good questions, and uh, yeah, got to use this nice whiteboard. Uh, yeah, I saw good. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was that was good. It was fun. How uh, so anti woke of you? Yeah, I know. Well, I I, I would. Uh, the problem is, no is, one likes chalk anymore. No, but the whiteboards have so much privilege. I mean, it just makes it easier. <laughs> so I I'm going for ease. Mm, you're going for ease. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, no one likes the chalk thing. No one like it's like no, it's a mess. It's a mask. It's your, oh oh, I'm just thinking of it. Yeah, you cr- your fingers scrape on the board. Yeah. And, see, I'm old enough to remember when one of the students was selected to uh, uh, take the erasers and take them outside and bang them together to get all the chalk dust out of them mm. on recess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was that like a, pr- that oh, was a privilege? Oh, that was a big deal. Oh, that was cool. Why? Because yeah, this was before the internet, bro. Like <laughs> <laughs> smashing two erasers together and making puffs of smoke was pretty cool. Were you pretend, were you pretend like you were smoking? No, were I actually like, was smoking. That's why they would never smoking. let me do it. I was always in trouble. Like, <laughs> 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 I, was, I was one of the few kids getting detention in third grade. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, mm. Mm, getting getting to talking to, that was the worst. Yeah. Mrs. Bohr. Mrs. Bohr. That was her name. You know the what I did grade? one time? I, My I, third grade teacher was Mr. Sauer. Wow, I had yeah. a Mr. Sauer in seminary or in Bible college. Ah, uh, it's not. There's no way this guy mm. was there. Okay, no way. No Sauer way. and Bohr, good names for teachers to hate. Oh, I've got other ones. I'm just not going to say. Yeah. <laughs> but I still remember my first grade teacher, and I remember the name, and I was like, oh. You know how cliche I was? I put a tack on Mrs. Bohr's seat. What? That's how cliche I was. That's a pretty cliche thing to do. It is. You put a tack on the teacher's seat. I, I don't think I ever did that. No, yeah. no, I know I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you get bored, you know, you get bored in school, especially if you're not doing anything, you know, you're not, not doing the work and all that. So yeah. Yeah. So I put a tack on her seat and then, uh, and then also in third grade, we, uh, we broke into the school and then, uh, trashed. The whole classroom. What so, the? Yeah, kind of amped it up after the tag. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. You went from tack to trash. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's stuff to do. Be bored. I'm just bored. All right. Yeah. yeah, you know what? Listen, bored we just had very ang- different. Angry. It was hard being a white middle class kid in Geneva, Illinois. You don't <laughs> know my plight. You don't know my suffering. <laughs> you don't know my story or my truth. And I got to tell you, it was that what? hard. It was really hard. Getting, that hard. You know, 
Only having uh, only having one TV uh, to watch. Only one. Only one TV. And uh, in the eighties, it was the it was the big kind in the cabinet. You mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and I had to watch that. But you know, it was hard because it was only. I mean, I was the only kid in the house. But still, <laughs> uh, I didn't have to share it with anybody. But still, <laughs> but, but you had to also go up and then you had to turn the knob. Uh, eventually, we got a remote, and then cable what? came out, and then that was kind of fun. So okay, okay, that's what we were doing. Hey. Um, Everybody wanted us to talk about this. As Everybody. If, as if we weren't going to talk about this, but a lot, we got a lot of messages asking us to, uh, asking us if we are going to address what's going on with our friend Paul Maxwell, mm. uh, his deconversion and all of that. And uh, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, <laughs> to me, I got a lot of messages and emails. Do you guys, did you guys hear? And like, well, yeah, yeah. Of course we heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Paul is a, a friend of ours, uh, still is a friend of ours. We love Paul. Mm-hmm. And um, we are not going to do an episode on Paul uh, because we're going to let yeah. Paul be Paul. Paul do his thing. Um, and uh, and we, we're, I mean, we're in contact with Paul and uh, I'm actually looking forward to a, a conversation with him soon uh, as a friend. I even told him, I said, listen, uh, th- this conversation that we're going to have is, is not for me to talk you out of your deconversion. It's to understand. It's to understand where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Let you know I love you and you're still a friend and all that. Uh, but he knows, of course, I, you know, we want him to, to, to believe the gospel yeah, of and, and, and to totally yeah. come back. But we did want to talk about deconversion again. And we wanted to talk about it in the context of relationships and how to think about people who deconvert. Because what we tend to see. Yeah. Well, no, I think in the past, what we what, like when. So I think this is really like it's almost like this is deconversion revisited, right? Because mm-hmm. like well, before we we're talking about Josh Harris, you know, mm-hmm. we utilize that, but it's not like we have that relationship yeah. with Josh Harris, and right. most people don't have a relationship with an individual, right? Uh, at that high quote unquote high profile mm-hmm. state, right? Uh, but what do you do with the person next to you? Yeah, your friend, your friend, somebody you've because yeah. before we we're talking like, well, you know, you, they, there's some teaching there that mm-hmm. you 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 can still hold on to the good stuff, while right? You know what I mean? Uh, that doesn't mean go crazy and, and abandon all things. Right. Um, but yeah, how do you do it when it's your friend, when the guy was sitting next to you in the pew? Yeah, because you're eventually you'll experience this. There, you'll, somebody will walk away from the faith uh, that 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 you know, that you actually care about. And I mean, think, think about your time in youth ministry, right? Like, uh, mm. you, or I'm not talking about like leading it. I'm talking about being in it. How many yeah. of your friends, you know, at least I, I could think of, uh, you know, individuals that, that were part of youth ministry and, mm-hmm. um, you, they seem like they're moving forward and going well. And then all of a sudden they're gone. Yeah. You know, it happens. And, and, and if you haven't seen it, you will see it. And it's easier to talk about it in some ways, if you don't know the person, uh, because you are then able to just focus on sort of the issue or the facts, but it's still possible to get it wrong. And it's still possible to even talk about these people in unhelpful ways. There's been a lot that's been written. And so we want to talk through it from a pastoral perspective and be an encouragement uh, to you guys who are brokenhearted when you see people mm-hmm. um, walk away. Uh, and especially we want, to, we want to encourage some of you who maybe are responding with less grace than you should uh, to people that are going through this. So because I've seen some of that, too. So let's talk about deconversion. Um, it's a weird word. Yeah. It's a new word. It's, I mean, it's not a biblical word. No. What, uh, what, is, what are we talking about when we talk about deconversion? I guess at the, uh, just the fundamental level, we're, we're really talking about a renunciation of the faith. Yeah. That's what it is. Now, the word, I think, uh, I mean. Convert, die. What? 
Yeah. The lat oh the Latin the Latin the convertus the convertus decimus. Uh, I don't know about it. I don't know Latin. Um so yeah, I think I think the word itself uh has been used since like the late eighties or something, but um and technically, yeah, it's it's a renunciation renunciation of the faith. The word itself is a little weird because technically from our perspective, you can't experience a deconversion because yeah. true conversion can't be undone. It's yeah. the person who's been justified is forever justified. The person who's been born again is forever born again. Um, but we're talking about people who uh, have left the faith. You mentioned Josh Harris. There are the, the comedic duo Rhett and Link. Who? Uh, Rhett and Link, uh, two funny guys. Um, they were doing stuff before YouTube was even a thing online. Wait, like Christian comedian? Yeah. Yeah, there's no yeah. such thing. No, they were funny. Yeah, they were sure. actually funny yeah, and talented. And uh, and you should you should now you should actually admit that they were funny because they're not Christian. So there oh, now they're yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that's why they were funny because you're saying Christians can't be funny. They can't be funny. Well, what about us? Ha ha. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> no, we're barely Christian. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Les. Thanks, Les Lanfear. All right. So, um, yeah, Rhett and Link, uh, and there's been a bunch of people and people that I don't know either that everybody else seems to know. Mm -hmm. um, but th we're not, this is not a new thing, right? Like this idea of people leaving the faith, this is not new. It's been around forever. I think we learn about it more because of the internet. Right. You, mm. you hear about things happening more often with, uh, with with people walking away. There are there, there are more teachers, more preachers, yeah. more yeah, platforms yeah. that are people are well known. But fundamentally, what we're talking about here is apostasy. Right. People apostatize. The Bible warns us about this. Mm. It's all over the place. And uh, we're told to expect that, that this is going to be something that we see. Yeah. I mean, First Timothy 4, 1 says, now the spirit expressly says that in later times, some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. Now, this is not to say, you know, like all of a sudden they're full on proper. They're not Satanists. Satanists, right, right. right. Uh, but the teachings uh, that, that the are teachings demonic. Are worldly. Yeah. It's, it's worldly yeah. teaching and philosophies and ideologies. Uh, and yeah, they have moved away, departing from the faith and devoting themselves to the world. And the way the, the Bible talks about that is like the competing ideologies and philosophies, the competing mm -hmm. contrasting are satanic because they're leading you away from the gospel. Yep. yep. We totally affirm that. So um, let's just say this on the front end. Uh, oh, here we go. The, here we the go. The easy stuff to do is to figure out the, the theology of this. Yeah. Um, and this is where a lot of people go like, well, that person was never a Christian. Like, uh, okay. They, they depart because they were never one of us. Yeah. Which, yeah, okay. That's, that's Bible. That's, that's all up in there. Right. James, first John, uh, all of that's pretty And you're not clear. saying there's something wrong with the Bible. We don't no. agree with the Bible. We're just saying it's great. It's like, but those are easy. Like, yes, and, and we need to know that stuff. Um, so we need to know how to process like, well, how does a person leave the, can they lose their salvation? Did they have salvation and then they lost it? Or, you know, were they in the mix of the gospel and the faith and, and the church and yet it never really took root in their hearts and figuring out those answers, especially in the reform tradition, I think is it's relatively simple. Um, well, I think it's, I think there's, I think it's simple because it's, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word that I'm looking for. I think it's, it's devoid. Sometimes it's easy to be separated, right? What is easy to be? So, separated? okay. So when I look at like, when I look at a Josh Harris, right? Yeah. I look at Josh Harris. I would use that as, a, as, as an example. Mm -hmm. It's really easy for me to look at it from a doctrinal perspective because I have no relationship. Right. right? And I think that's where it's really easy for us to go down that route because it's we don't have relationship. We're not emotionally invested, you know, and we're not invested in this individual and they're not invested in us. Yeah. Right. 
But the practical answers mm. are a lot harder. Yeah. And that's because there is this investment. Yeah. And like you've prayed with these people, you've served with these people, and you know their sincerity. You know, like, you know, their, you know, who who they are as a person. So uh, that what I'm trying to get to is, and then is this. If we only stop at the doctrinal answers, mm -hmm. it's because you don't have uh, there's there's a lack of investment and concern yeah. for the individual because that's easy to go with. Mm -hmm. What's harder is moving to the next step yeah. of how that doctrine affects your relationship and how it affects how you interact with with the individual. Yeah, totally. totally. How, in order to know what to say and how to think about these people are, is is more complicated than figuring out some of the doctrinal issues that are involved. So if the doctrinal issues settled. Right. Uh, we've talked about that stuff in the past. We want to move into the practical stuff. And one of the things that I think is really important to communicate to everyone listening, and, and I'm saying this as a guy that has seen a number of people walk away from the faith personally in my life. Um, it's been it's been heartbreaking. Mm. Um, no one there is no one reason people leave. It's not like there's one issue. Yeah. And that's the issue why people abandon the faith. And. There, I read this really bad article at the Gospel Coalition Ooh. called A Common Denominator in Deconversions. All right. And do you know who wrote it or no? Yeah, Caleb Waite. Okay. And Caleb says this, the common denominator concerns one's knowledge and relationship to the doctrines of the church. Nearly all my friends who were naturally interested in doctrine remain faithful members in churches to this day. Those who were not have moved on from Christianity as if it were an intermediary step of their greater spiritual journey. And the article is, is essentially arguing that um, people that are serious about good doctrine, serious theologians, aren't going, to, aren't going to deconvert, which is patently untrue. It's absolutely not true. People mm -hmm. who, uh, Paul, for example, yeah. very serious theologian, highly educated theologian, super smart dude. Um, Smarter than both of us all of us combined, right? He's like, yeah, he's a really smart guy. Huge, broad range of knowledge. And great recall and all of that. And I, I think it's, it's a big mistake to try to say, well, it's really just going to come down to this one thing, mm -hmm. right? Uh, as if reformed churches or Baptist churches or theologically invested churches I feel churches like that, aren't that, that, that's a lazy conclusion. Yeah, yeah. And it may, it may reflect the, you know, the handful of people that you've seen go through this. But... Uh, well, no, I think... It, see... All right, maybe I don't. I don't want to. Uh, yeah, his experience. I don't. Yeah, his here's the difference. I know experiential everything, but uh, I, I, here's where I would agree. I would agree. I think that um, I'm always going to err on the side. I want people to be doctrinally sound. Yeah. Right. Uh, I do think there's there's important there, but your doctrine has to then go further mm -hmm. into your devotion, how you worship, yeah. and everything else. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can't just be. It. I, th I think it's easy for reformers to or for for some people. To look and say, they have a hobby horse of, oh, the world has moved away from scripture and the church has moved away from scripture. And that's why you're seeing all these deconversions. If if only, you know, you'd stay with this, you'd be fine. Now, again, I do believe the word is 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 very important. I'm not trying to minimize it. Right. Um, by any means. But I think it's there's more. It's a lazy conclusion because there is a lot of other factors that go right. into this. Uh and there are a number of people that, as you just said, are doctrinally, were doctrinally sound, right? Yeah. Um, theologically robust. 
and but something happens yeah or and or a series of events or whatever and they wind up walking away so yes um weak theology bad theology can be uh, a cause or a contributing factor to people walking away and i'd rather have strong theology yeah and so so you're right in that that is a cause but it i don't think it is the cause and uh, so maybe just a bit more nuance in that article uh, would have been, been helpful. Would have yes. been helpful because I mean, people when you when you talk to people who follow, like I knew a guy, great theologian, evangelist, passionate, all of that. What is this car doing? Is a car in a parking lot? Just going in circles right here. Maybe he's learning how to drive. It just is he learning just how to do left turns? Oh, it's Paige. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> are they just learning to do left turns? <laughs> and I literally just got a text asking, mm -hmm. "Are we gonna be talking about another one?" Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I literally just got it. Who's it from? What I don't want to say the name. Oh, I, I can't say the name. Okay. It, was it Mr. Crumdick? Uh, no. That was the teacher's name you didn't want to say. You could say a guy's name. It, well, that was Mrs. Oh, it was Mrs. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a funny name. Listen, if you got a funny name, you got a funny name. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. What are you doing to me? Why I'm are you just saying. You, you, should, you, know, you, should, uh, you should say. All right. They, it looks like they're gone. They're All just right. going in circles. All right. Go ahead. But so I've you, known, you, had, you had I a friend. Knew, I knew a guy. I, like, I've known a few guys like this well-read, invested in good theology, systematic theology, biblical theology, Puritans, all that stuff. I've, I've seen this in a few different guys that have fallen away. And uh, one guy in particular, he fell away, pursued sin hardcore, went, went deep into it, renounced the faith, and um, eventually was brought back. Mm. Eventually was converted <laughs> and when i talked to him about it reconverted yeah re-reconverted re-re-d-re-d anyways he said um <laughs> he said the truth is i never really understood grace i i never did i never really got it i thought i did but he was he, he was trying to live under the law and it just was never it just never crystallized in his heart it was it was never a, a, an actual appropriation mm. of you know of, of christ's righteousness on our behalf and so like what was it for him well he i think he was saying like honestly it was uh it was a disconnect in my understanding of grace and it was um me being lured back in to the pleasures of the flesh which i was hungry for at the time mm. and i've seen other guys i've seen another guy a very well read uh, theologian, uh, writer, all of that. And now he's completely walked away. He's totally pagan. Um, yeah, I mean, and we're still praying for Jared Wilson. <laughs> you know, wait, are you talking about Jared Wilson or Ted Cruz? Because I get those two guys confused. Because <laughs> they look the same. They do look exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> what do you think about those people? It's a joke, everyone. I don't okay. believe Yeah, we're Jared. sorry, Ted. <laughs> we're really sorry. I know that's insulting to say no, that you look like Jared no, Wilson. No, no, no. I'm not saying that Jared Wilson is, is, you were is implying, a non-believer. No, you were, you were implying that, that it was an insult to say, oh, yeah, yeah. Are you apologizing for saying Jared Wilson was a was a, had fallen away or for me saying he looks like Ted Cruz? Which one are you apologizing for? The former. Okay. All right. Because I'm not apologizing for the latter. No, no, no I don't right, think you should. Right. I'm just, you know. Yeah, keeping it real. I'm just saying, there's you know how some people get. Like, yeah, I know. We're being so divisive. Yeah, the, the reason... You can make fun of Jared like that uh, because he is a solid gospel man. Like we're, we're joking. It's yeah. obviously not real. One of the things that I, 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 I have picked up on uh, in different uh, conversations over the years with people who leave the faith is some people are like, so they were just like pretending. Hmm. They were just like, like pretending to be something that they weren't. They were fake. Like, yeah, they were, were they just kind of going through the motions and yeah. uh, 
was it just because, you know, their parents made them or uh, maybe a significant other forced them, you know? So like they were like pretending to be something that they weren't. And there are definitely cases where people are trying to keep up appearances for the sake of either reputation or for the sake of pleasing family. Like that's certainly a thing. But the people that that I know who have, have deconverted or apostatized, mm -hmm. they weren't faking anything. They weren't pretending to be yep. Christian when yep. they knew that they weren't. They they were sincere. Yeah. They actually, you know, cared and yeah. tried and were committed. They're not they weren't trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Which is why I think like a decision like this, especially to I don't think it happens overnight. You know what I mean? Right, like, right. That that should that should tell you something. Mm. It's not like one just walks away and says, out. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Like it takes quite a bit. I I from my ex not experience, but from as I've seen people and walked alongside them, um, it's it takes a lot of, for lack of a better phrase, soul searching. Yeah. Right. Like really pounding through it. Like what? What? I want to believe. I want to. I want to. I want to. But something. Something. Like there's just something. It doesn't. It. For, it's, it's, yeah. Well, they don't have faith. Yeah. Now, like some would argue they don't have faith anymore. Um, other people would say, well, they had a kind of faith and we could parse all that out. But the point is that at this point, they do not believe. So what do you want them to do? Like one of the things I told uh, I told Paul was I said, hey, look, you know, um, I, I, I you, you can always keep it real. You're always going to be honest. And mm -hmm. I, I would rather people be honest and tell me exactly where they're at and what's going yeah. on. And so, yeah, I they people who were sincere and trying or were committed when they go through this they have a variety of, of ways of of sort of responding a variety of ways of functioning afterwards right mm -hmm. and some people are are just really broken because christianity and the faith was such a big part of their life yeah. and their relationship and their friends so when they deconvert they're really broken over it right they're like they're hurt uh they're they they feel a sense of isolation not that's not everybody that's just some of them have that response but yeah. there are different ways that people respond yeah. in the midst of deconverting some people are, are are angry right for sure yeah they're, they're angry with the church they're angry with individuals they're, mm -hmm. uh, they're angry with god and some of that could be justified right they, they've been abused or mistreated yeah. yep. uh, in the church and i think we can all understand that and so if they're deconverted they're angry they're um some people are not just angry some people are even hostile now mm. and like they are they are super like you can be angry and not say much and just kind of burn but the mm -hmm. hostile people like they're they're flaming they're flaming the church yeah they're, they're flaming christians and and um and, and we, you know that's not always the case but sometimes sometimes it is yeah some people are just false teachers they do they they really take up a mantle if you will <laughs> yeah they, and and expound on that right and try to get people to go with them yeah like there are some zealous uh people who deconvert or apostatize and they want every they want every, they want they want people to follow they want the church to fall they, because they th they view it now as an enemy of the truth mm. and you know there are there are um there are metal bands that i listen to um there are a couple of them they're not satanic in any explicit or direct sense but mm -hmm. they are anti-religion because they believe religion is is a poison to society right and i think they're wrong in that of course um but they don't like any religion and uh like some of their songs will reflect the vanity of religion uh and and sometimes they'll take aim even at christianity and what i find is that oftentimes these 
they kind of function as false teachers in that way, right? They're trying mm. to lead people away. But oftentimes the faults that they criticize, the hostile words, uh, they're right. Like they're, when they point out the errors that are present in the church, I can't help but go, you know, you're right about that. The, the popular American form of Christianity should not be what attracts you to Jesus. Yeah. Um, yep. And the abuses of leadership, uh, the hypocrisy of, of some Christians, like, well, yes, that should all be called out. So sometimes these hostile people, these false teachers are kind of motivated by legitimate problems, but it has so clouded their understanding that they, they disregard all of it. And then, yes, yeah, some are. You know, some are very much, um, they're not just taking issue with the abuses. They don't like the very core tenets of the faith, that mm. we are sinners in need of redemption, that our mm. only hope mm -hmm. is Christ's mm -hmm. sacrifice mm -hmm. and substitution. So that definitely is a part of it. And some people are just done, right? Yeah, they've just said enough's enough. They just, they're, they're weary, tired. They don't believe, they, they don't think it's worth it. All that to say, like, there's a lot of different people who deconvert for a lot of different reasons. And it's not just, it's not just one thing. And it's why it's really important to understand if you're going to talk to people who have deconverted, if you're, if you're going to have a relationship with them, you need to know sort of how to talk to them. And that's going to depend on where they're at. Are they hostile and angry mm -hmm. or are they broken and, and weary? Are they, are they, are they mad at God and at Jesus for the very truths that are in Scripture? Or are they mad at a, a misunderstanding of God, a caricature that mm. they somehow inherited from a, a church or, or from somebody or from their own just wonky reading of, of the Bible? So like, so I think are you suggesting there's different tones for different individuals? Yeah. Yeah, totally. It, it's interesting because... Um, so like a deconverted hostile one... Mm -hmm there'd be a different tone than a deconverted, uh, broken one. I, I'm just yeah, using yeah. these I, phrases I think, here. I, I, I think as Christians and especially as pastors, you talk to people in different ways depending on the condition of their soul, right? The people that are broken and weary, well, you don't need to lay into them. What you want to do is hold out the hope of the gospel. Yeah. Uh, you know, people that are hardened and proud, well, you might need to lean a little harder on the law mm -hmm, for them mm -hmm. so that they see the reality. And people that are actively leading people away in a, in, a, in a false teaching kind of a way need to be addressed and their their arguments need to be hashed out, oftentimes even publicly, but then other people who just like, I just want to get out, like you guys do you, I'm going to mm -hmm, do me mm -hmm. and we're all okay and it's all fine. Um, it, I think it does require a different tone, sometimes even different words there was a, a russell moore did a a couple of years ago russell moore did a, a video on deconversion and how and one of the things he was stressing is is like look um you know people that you admired or listened to or whatever when they deconvert it, sometimes you don't know what to do because they were on your team they were on team jesus and now they're not and so now they're with the enemy and it's easy to lose a heart of compassion towards them mm. and they just sort of you know cast them aside so I think when you when you're when you're engaging people, whether it's online or in your life, who have walked away from the faith, you need to have a, a pretty good understanding of where they're at and how they arrived. Of course, you may not have any of that information to start. So start maybe with some questions, you know, mm. instead of just hurling accusations. You know, I mean, Paul said um, in his uh, he had a follow up video. Do you see that where people were telling him he's going to hell? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
and, 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 and you can see Paul's heart in that. He's like, I know you love me. I know like you mean that in the best possible way. Um, and so like telling somebody who has a MDiv, Masters, Moody grad, Westminster grad that he's going to hell, he, he knows that. Uh, you know, he knows that that's the, the Christian teaching. Um, but maybe there is a more positive way uh, to talk to somebody who's going through that. And, mm. uh, it, you know, there, it, there, there, might, there might be a time when you, when you confront somebody directly. Uh, but there's definitely going to be an opportunity for us to, to try to understand and to try to uh, maybe with greater specificity apply the word of God to their lives mm. when that opportunity is given. But oh, for the, sure. But that's the other thing is like, how do you talk to the deconverted? Does it mean every time you talk to a person who has left the faith that you have to like preach the gospel at them? Bring out the, the Romans road. Yeah. I mean, is you going to like get your four spiritual laws, uh, switchblade track, pop it out <laughs> and then be like, Hey man, you know what time it is. It's time <laughs> to go through the four spiritual laws. I don't think that's not going to always be the case. It, there's there's going to be a time to talk, a time to listen. Um, yeah. When there's opportunities, that's great. I think sometimes people just don't want to feel like, at least I assume, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I feel like people don't want to be treated like a project. Yeah, totally. They, and any any person who understands the heart of sincere Christians knows, oh, they want me to believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. They know that. But again, now hold on. The flip side of that, though, is that's easy to use as an excuse for never saying anything. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think any person who knows the heart of, of, of Christians, when uh, a Christian never talks to them about Jesus, never invites them to believe that what can they conclude? But, oh, so you don't care. You don't care if I go to hell. Or, is, yeah, or this is not really that important. Yeah. Or maybe you don't believe it or it doesn't matter. So I think that all that is, uh, is helpful to consider as we're, as we're kind of walking, walking through this. I mean, I was, when I was, uh, years ago, this would have been like, I'd been a Christian for about four or five years. And this was in the midst of people, uh, some, some people, young people who were previously passionate, articulate, uh, Christians who were, you know, out there doing great things, falling away, falling into great sin, giving up the, the faith. And, uh, at that time I was reading William Grinnell's, the true, um, uh, uh, the Christian in complete armor, okay, which is a big book on spiritual warfare. And it deals with a lot of apostasy. Um, it deals with like how people completely fall away and why they can be sometimes so broken. In fact, here, listen to this. All right, go ahead. All right. William Grinnell said this, none sink so far into hell as those who come nearest to heaven because they fall from the greatest height. None will have such a sad parting from Christ as those who went halfway with him and then left. And it's like they they were close enough. You read about it in Hebrews, right? They're, they're kind of close enough, right? They've, they've shared in these experiences. Mm -hmm. They've seen the, the fruit born from these things and they've almost tasted of this heavenly gift. So they were in a sense close to all of that. And then to fall away, it can be really grievous. And that that book and then a couple of older christians helped me to know like man when when people fall away and they're and they're they're broken over it you want to approach them with with patience with hope and maybe maybe that's something that we should 
sort of solidify in our minds. Like, how should we be mm. thinking of the people themselves who deconvert? Because it seems to me that like one quick response is like, oh, pff, bye. See ya. Yeah. Like, catch you later. I mean, like. Don't uh, let the door hit. Yeah. Or yeah, let it hit. Hit it real good. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about how to think of the deconvert, I mean, uh, I do think there's, uh, well, we've got three ways, right? Uh, with understanding, mm. with pity, and with hope. Right. Yeah, that's right. And so when we talk about like thinking of them with understanding, that's where that's where the relational aspect is important. It's not mm -hmm. that I'm understanding and saying I agree yeah. with the conclusion you've come up with mm -hmm. and, and that I agree with your direction. But I want to seek to understand why why you're doing or, or saying what you're, you know what I mean? Why, yeah. why are you choosing to believe like this or right. to, to act like this or to walk away? Mm -hmm. um, help me understand. I, I want to understand. I want to understand the journey you're on. I want to hear um, what has impacted you in this, yeah. you know? Uh, so I think it's really important. Now, that doesn't mean that we're looking at them and saying, hey, I agree. Right. Good for you. Um, but it does, it does then help you understand how you do get to interact with them mm -hmm. and how to talk to them, right? It's important, right? If you care. I mean, you want to be understood, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, Especially if you do something that upsets people, uh, well, you really do want to be understood. Especially yeah. like th think about a time when you've upset somebody and in your mind, you didn't do anything wrong. Well, the people who are deconverting don't think they're doing anything wrong. They want you to understand them. So it is important to understand where they're thinking, where they're coming from, even though we do think that they are wrong and making a mistake, but it's going to help us, like you said, Jimmy, to know how to talk to them. And with that, you said pity. I think that, um, you know, people people only understand pity as either something you don't like, don't, don't pity me. Like, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it, it sounds bad or, or Mr. T, pitying the fool. Pity the, I pity the fool. So, um, but properly understood, pity is, is just sorrow and compassion for a person. Yes. That's all that it is. Yes. And you should be filled with sorrow and compassion for a person who is separated from God, who is at odds with, with, with God. Uh, you, you should care. And compassion goes a long, long way because it sort of, it sort of determines the tone and the approach that you have with a person. If you're compassionate on them, you're still going to tell them the truth, but you're going to I think do so with a sense of, of love. And when you see how Jesus confronts sinners who are completely separated from God when they're not yet converted, most of the time when Jesus talks to them, he's very compassionate. Mm -hmm. He still calls them to repent. He still calls them to believe, but he saves his harsh words for the religious leaders who are leading people away into heresy. So I, th I think pity is one of the more important things that we might want to recover. Well, yeah, especially since, I mean, Jesus at his heart is gentle and lowly. That's true. That's a good book. <laughs> Everybody should read that book. Gentle and lowly, by the way. Yeah. You finally got the name, right? Yeah. It took me, it took me a, I don't know. I had to read the book through and then I had to talk about it about 20 times. And now gentle and lowly, the title has sunk in that finally sunk in uh so with understanding with pity but with hope right That's really uh good. john owen says i will not judge a person to be spiritually dead whom i have judged formerly to have had spiritual life though i see him at present in a swoon to in a swoon as to all should let me read this one keep going no why all right go ahead you read it <laughs> no no you got it it's no no you already messed me up go <laughs> you messed yourself up i know but you made all me right. conscious about it here's what john owen said 
I will not judge a person to be spiritually dead, whom I have judged formerly to have had spiritual life, though I see him at present in a swoon as to all evidences of spiritual life. And the reason why I will not judge so is this, because if you judge a person dead, you neglect him, you leave him. If you judge him in a swoon, though never so dangerous, you use all means for the retrieving of his life. So I, even, and now again. Well done, I was trying to distract yeah, him. Yeah, you, you tried hard. Now, I love this because this speaks to like this whole idea of hope. I want people to return. My, my man, Jeremy, who de departed the faith, walked away, returned, married a Christian girl, doing mm. great. Like people are converted. God does do the miracle, right? Like yeah. each hearts yes. are changed. So this is huge. You should be hopeful. And I just love what Owen says here because the whole idea of, hey, listen, if, if I assume that he's just gone, uh, I might just give up. But when I think he's backslidden or whatever, there, there's a sense in which I'm going to use every means I can to bring him back. Even with people who are saying, I'm done, I no longer believe, we still have hope because God is the God of resurrection life. Mm -hmm. He actually mm -hmm. changes minds and, and, and changes hearts. So I don't think we should lose hope and just give up and be like, all right, well, that's over. We keep praying. Yeah, it was a nice run. Yeah. Yeah, good, good couple of years. Now we're just gonna like let them go. Like I don't, I don't want to let anybody go. Uh, I want to keep praying and keep hoping and and wait to see what God can do. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we asked the question: How should we be thinking of the deconverted? But yeah. how should then we be thinking of ourselves? Yeah, that's good because because often like how you respond mm -hmm. does give an inclination of how you view yourself, right? <laughs> Yeah, because you know what? I'm never going to fall away. You know why? Reformed theology, baby. Oh, yeah. I, I, am, I am in deep. You know how many times I read Burkhoff? Yeah. How, how, many? Know, how many? All the way through? All the way through. Twice. All right. All right. You know, but like, you know, that's the thing. I'm like, man, my confession is on point. You know, I subscribe to the confession. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, okay, that's great, but that's not a guarantee. Because like what holds you is not your confession of a particular faith or the robustness of your theology it's whether or not you are actually united to christ mm. and if you're not then you are going to fall away so um I, I think what you're saying is we should probably use this as an opportunity to look at ourselves because i remember back in the, like the early 90s i it felt like this i was reading grinnell sitting in my room reading william grinnell my, some of my friends had fallen away and i felt like i was looking around and it was like there was a spiritual attack or a bomb went off or something. And there are like all these people laying around me dead, but I'm standing there hmm. and I'm not like, why am I not dead? Like, why am I not falling? Like what? I'm not better than those people. Like, you know, I'm not necessarily smarter mm -hmm, or stronger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So like it, it was a wake up call to like, I, I, I probably need to be humble and careful here and not think that, Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like those people yep. who can fall away. Yep, that's exactly it. Yeah, being humble, but also then I think we should be thinking of ourselves to help others. Yeah, for sure. Right, because it happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, being able to come alongside others, um, encouraging them, talking to them, trying to understand them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I. So we should be seeing ourselves then as, as we're not alone, right? Like mm -hmm. we're not alone and we believe in the, uh, in uh, that this is, you know, we're part of this corporate body. Yeah. Then when we see it happening, we should be helping. You know, I think like if you, if you 
if you're a part of a healthy church and you're around Christians where you can actually be real, then you can talk about your struggles and your doubts, right? Because we all have them. We all have doubts. Yeah. You know, if you're not doubting the gospel, you'll you'll wind up doubting your own faith. Do I even really believe? Yeah. And this is why it's so important for us to be encouraging each other because, okay, let's just say, um, what's the name of We don't have a Frank at our church, do we? Oh, you know what? Fresno. Okay. Let's get it. There's a guy named Fresno in your church. Okay. Fresno. And Fresno uh, is not a believer, but you think he's a believer. He thinks he's a believer, but he's never actually been born again. He hasn't been converted. So in our constant encouraging of each other and transparency with each other, uh, we have all the opportunities in the world then for the gospel to actually take root in a person's mm -hmm. life. So they do believe mm -hmm. and then they are awakened and they go realize like, whoa, you know what? I think I was just converted. Um, and then for those who maybe aren't, who are real believers, but can wind up into serious backsliding and real sin, uh, we're saving one another from problems there. Hmm. It's like that whole Hebrews 3 passage, right? Uh, take uh, care, brothers. Yeah, Hebrews 3.12. Yeah, go ahead. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. I take that seriously. Take care, brothers. That yeah. means church. Yep. Lest there be in you an evil, unbelieving heart. Because you know what that does? It leads you to fall away from the living God. Yep. So... Like you said, we should think of ourselves in all of this with uh, with some humility because we can fall in one way or another. Uh, people are people are going to apostatize. People are going to leave the faith. People are going to leave your church. Some of them are going to do so in spectacularly dangerous and devastating ways. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to grieve you. It's going to hurt. Sometimes it will anger you because of the way they do it. But in the end, this is nothing new. We shouldn't be surprised that this happens, but we should be compassionate. And we should hold on to the truth. And we should be careful about our own souls and encourage each other. That's why I have the Fofo. And I have the Jojo. And we have the Jofo couple of gospel and needy dudes who not only share gizzards and cigars, mm -hmm. but also the truth. How's that, Jay? Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You could follow us online on Instagram, Twitter, at Doc and Devo, or on Facebook, slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can contact us. You can send up for the email blast or up the store, JoFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Hey, tell them about that all-access stuff. All, well, they, well, this is all-access. But we're giving this out to everybody oh, for that's free. Right. We, we're going to give this one out for mm -hmm. free. If you enjoyed it, you want more of this banter of truth, uh, head on over to DoctrineDevotion.com, slash all-access. You get banter of truth. And weekday wisdom, Monday through Friday. Good stuff. Fresh part every Monday and Thursday. We got them blog posts and video content over at the website. Later. Later.